You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today, we have a special guest missionary with us. Let's prepare our hearts as our guest missionary brings forth God's truths from His Word today. I hope you've had a good week. It's good to be here. Good to have spent some time with your pastor. Last time I was here, as he said, I, uh, he was in the Philippines. And, uh, but I was grateful for that opportunity and it's good to be back. Now, my wife has never been here before, so let me introduce her. Patty, if you'll stand. And then this is my wife, Patty, and then my daughter, Eba. And she's a senior in high school, and she's 17, and she's single. Thank you. You can be seated. And it's good to have them traveling with me. I'm, I'm so grateful they were able to travel with me. This, uh, this week is a special week, isn't it? And... I've been praying for many months about this meeting and what God would, would reveal to us uh, collectively as a church, but also individually, and exactly what, God want, what, what part that God wants us to play in this thing called, called missions. And it's important that, that we get exactly what God has for us. And so for the, over the course of the next several days... We're going to be looking at some things that I think would be a help to us in that area and, uh, and along the way. Certainly, I'm grateful for your pastor, his wife, their family. Of course, uh, as Ben said, we got to know him and Bethany uh, when, uh, when they were at the college there. And at that time, I was on staff at the college, traveling for the college. And 2011, God kind of changed our direction. And uh, my intention was to continue traveling with the college and continue to preach revival meetings and conferences and that kind of thing. But I got a call in August of 2011 that uh, there was a church that needed the pulpit filled. And so I said, well, I can't get there for about three months because my schedule is full. I said, but um, at the end of August... I can, uh, I can come and I can, I can fill the pulpit for that church. And then I said this, I said, where is it? And they said, Key West. And I said, Key West? And they said, yeah. I said, okay, well, the first Sunday that I have open, which is the end of August, and of course that was three months before that, I said, I'll go down there. Well, I hung up the phone And the very first thing that I said to myself, certainly in three months' time, they will have called a pastor, and I won't have to go down there. And so I went ahead with my travel schedule and and then ended up, uh, they didn't call a pastor. I went down to Key West in 2011 and saw the mission field culture. Um, you see, in Key West, there's roosters that run up and down the road. There's big iguanas that hang in the trees. Uh, not to mention the people. <laughs> I saw a mission field culture. Well, I pastored a country church about 25 years ago. And I thought to myself when I went in evangelism and started traveling that I would never pastor another church again. But when we saw the mission field culture down there, God burdened our heart. And in 2011, I took that church 
And as a result of that, over the years now, um, we have, our church has launched this ministry to the Caribbean region. And God has blessed it. Uh, and I'll be telling you more about that in the, in the evening service tonight. But <clears throat> certainly grateful to be here. Our church is located one island to the east of Key West. And our church is, our, our island is about a mile and a half long and a mile and a half wide. And on that island, there's about 4,000 people. On Key West, there's about 20,000 people. And it is there, 90 miles from the country of Cuba, uh, that that church was planted in 1960. The first pastor was there 50 years. And I'm the second pastor of that church. And uh, it's just an unusual place. People come, we get a lot of visitors, very transient area. A lot of visitors come in and, and they say something like this before they leave the building, they say, they say, Pastor, they say that there's just, there's something different about this place. And uh, I think it's the Spirit of the Lord that moves, and I'm certainly grateful for that. So pray for our church, our ministries, and I'll be explaining that as we go through the week. But I'm not here to talk about my ministry and, and our church in Key West. I'm here to be a blessing to you folks this week. And I want our hearts to be challenged. And I appreciate the heart of your pastor. I know just from talking to him yesterday that he has a burden, a great burden for missions. And specifically, he has a great burden for the, for the Philippines. And we talked a little bit about that. And if you know the burden that he has for the Philippines, and you equate that to the burden that we carry as far as the Caribbean, that's the way he cares about the Philippines and his burden for the Philippines is the way that we feel about the Caribbean. That's where God has called us to. And so it's a, it's a wonderful thing. But I, this, is a, this is a, the next few days is a spiritual time for us. And I want us to draw near to God. And I want us to get exactly what God has for us so that we can make some decisions that would be pleasing and honoring unto God. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'm just going to read a couple verses and then we'll move from this passage. During the course of this week, 2 Corinthians, while you're turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, this week as the preaching and the teaching goes forth, we're going to be doing a, a lot of study and a lot of preaching from 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10, because 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10 has to do with, uh, with giving. And I want us to look at that, and there's a lot of wonderful, wonderful truths in these, in these three chapters, and so we'll look at that as we go. But for now, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and uh, let's look here in just a couple verses. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, look in verse number 6. And... Of course, if you're, a, if you're a member here, if you study the Word of God, uh, then you know these verses, but look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now, we're in farm country. I was born and raised in southwestern Michigan. I am a Michiganderan. And... Uh, so when I, uh, when I talk to my people in Key West and the church, 
and others as I travel, I tell them that I am from the cornfields and wheat fields of southwestern Michigan. So you know what this verse means about reaping and bounty, uh, reaping uh, and, and, and gathering the bounty from that which is in the field. And you know that if you sow much, help me church, you're going to reap much. And so the verse is saying that. Look at the next verse. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And for the next few minutes, and we'll not get done with it today, but for the next few minutes, I don't want to talk to you about what to give concerning tithes and offerings. I want us to consider this truth, how we give. How we give. Did you know that it's important that we give but it's really important that we give the right way. Boy, that's so important. And so we'll look at that here in the next few minutes as we have time. Our Father, we're grateful for your goodness. It's wonderful to be in this place. Thank you for this wonderful church, this pastor, and Lord, the work of missions. And I'm so grateful for what you're doing in and through this church. Now, Father, for many months... We've prayed for your blessings, and once again, we do that today. We're expecting and anticipating thy moving in our presence. And Lord, please help us now as we go through this time. Teach us some things from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God is concerned about what we give, but he's also concerned about how we give. The Bible teaches us here in the text that we just read that when we give, we are not to give in a, in a way that is grudging or in a way, according, according to the verse, or of necessity, uh, because God loveth a cheerful giver. And it's interesting to me that if you study the Bible, uh, that, uh, that Jesus, in the New Testament, he watched, this is, this is interesting to me, he watched uh, not only what people gave, but he watched how people gave. I want to show you that, and so hold your place here and go back to the book of Mark, chapter number 12, Mark chapter number 12. So Jesus, in Mark chapter 12, when I got a new Bible, and so you know how it is with a new Bible, your pages stick together. So if my pages stick together and I read something wrong, you'll just have to forgive me and we'll get to the right spot. Amen. Mark chapter 12, Jesus here, he is observing... People giving. Look what he says. In Mark chapter 12, look in verse number 41. The Bible says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury. So here's Jesus. He's, he's uh, over against the treasury, sitting there. And beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. Look at the next verse. There came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto his disciples and saith unto them. So he, 
he called them. This must have been something that was necessary, and it must have been something that was important. Otherwise, Jesus would not have called his disciples to him because Jesus was preparing to teach them a lesson that was a very important lesson. It was this matter of giving. Verse 43, He called unto him his disciples and saith unto, unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. Wow, now that's some kind of a statement, isn't it? I mean, she cast more than all those, all those rich people that came and they, and they, and they cast into the treasury. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not against rich people casting into the treasury. Amen. But the point that Jesus was making was not how much they cast in, but why they did it. Look in verse 44. For all they did cast in of their abundance. And I want you to notice that word abundance. I mean, when when the people that Jesus Christ called rich, when they cast in, they cast in of their abundance. In other words, when they cast in, they cast into the treasury, and when they cast in, uh, they went on and lived their life as they lived it before they cast the money in. Does that make sense? But, verse 44, the middle part of the verse, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. So Christ in this text was concerned not about what they gave, but how they gave. Now go back to our text for a moment in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we see two words here, two phrases that are important to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, the Bible teaches us that we're to give, but we're not to give grudgingly. The word there, grudgingly, it means unwilling to give or has, uh, has uh, the sense of giving with a reluctance. We're not supposed to give that way. Or of necessity. Necessity is something imposed by circumstance or, or duty. You see, God commands us to give, but He doesn't want us to give with reluctance or unwillingness. He doesn't want us to give because it's our duty. He wants us to give with a cheerful heart. Now, you're going to hear me say this phrase many times over the next few days. And we'll go through it because I want us to learn it and get it. God gives us three things to give back to Him, primarily. All right? All three of these things can be applied to this verse. The first thing that God gives back to us, or the first thing that God gives to us, is time. He gives us time. Now, all of us have 24 hours in a day. Nobody has 26 and nobody has, uh, has 30. We all have 24 hours in a day. That is time that God has given to us. 
And what we do with that time is up to us. Our responsibility as a good steward of all the things that God has given to us is to take the time that he's given to us because it's really his time, isn't it? I mean, all that he has, uh, all that we have is his, we understand that, but God gives us time. The second thing that God gives every person is talent. So he gives us time and he gives us talent. And the talents that God has given to us, they, they differ from one person to another. You may have the ability to play an instrument. You may have the ability uh, to, uh, to teach uh, a Sunday school class. You may have the ability to, to work in the sound room. The, the abilities that you may have may be detail-oriented, like, uh, uh, like if you see a lampshade that's crooked. You go and th- those are things that God has given us, and He's given us those things so that through those things we can serve Him, right? So God gives us time. We all have the same amount of time, 24 hours in a day. What we don't know concerning time is when our time on earth is over. We, we don't know that. For some people, it's young. I've known teenagers that have died. For some people, they live in their 90s. So while God has given us time, and while we each have a 24-hour period of time to give, we also understand that we don't know when our time on earth ends. So God gives us time. Remember, all three of these can be applied to these verses. God gives us time, He gives us talent, and then God gives us treasure. Those three things God gives us. And our responsibility is to be a good steward of the things that He's given to us. So when we give of our time, we're not to give grudgingly, right? When we give of our time, we're not to give because we're supposed to, oh man, i got to help again. No, we're, that's, that's part of our giving. We have a talent. We serve the Lord through that talent. And then, of course, of our treasure. So those three things, over the course of the next few days, we're going to review and go back over because it's important that we keep those things in perspective. When you think about giving, there are many places in the Word of God that you can go. But as we're talking about the how in giving, giving as a cheerful giver, there's one particular place that we could look. And I want you to see that place. And we'll use the rest of our time here. Take your Bibles and go to uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 28 in your Old Testament. In 1 Chronicles chapter number 28, and we'll stay in 1 Chronicles 28 for just a moment. You know the story here. This is, this is where David has a desire to build a house for the Lord. And we know that in 1 Chronicles chapter number 28, that the Bible teaches us that God said that David could not build uh, a house for him because of why? Somebody just yell it out. He was a man of war. And we find that in 1 Chronicles chapter number 28 
and, uh, and in verse, uh, verses 2 and 3. That's where we find that. But God did allow the temple to be built. And even though that David did not have the opportunity uh, to build the house for the Lord, according to the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 28, by the time we get to 1 Chronicles chapter number 29, which is where we're going to go in a moment, we find this very wonderful truth, and the truth is this, is that while David did not build the house for the Lord, according to the Scriptures, we do know that he gave towards it. And I want you to see how that David, even though, even though he would never set foot in the temple, how that he built, how that he gave so the house of the Lord could be built. So look there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make probably five statements, and we'll see how we uh, do in our time here. Concerning giving and being a cheerful giver, we see the right spirit here in giving. We see number one concerning the temple that was being built. In this matter of being a cheerful giver, number one, David gave for others. In other words, we could read verse number one and we'll come to some of these verses. Look at chapter 29, verse one. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. David understood that the palace wasn't for man, but for the Lord God. But David understood also that when he was going to give, that he was going to give for others. For David, as I said, would never set foot in the temple. He gave, get the truth now, he gave for those coming behind him. He gave for those coming behind him. Now, we know that because the Bible teaches us, and we're not going to look at these references for the sake of time, but the Bible teaches us in Psalm 71 and verse number 18 that one thing that David was concerned about was the generation that was to follow him. He was concerned about that. We find the same thing that, uh, of David's concern in Psalm 78 and verse 4 and verse number 6. You see, when David gave, he didn't give for himself. And when David gave, he did not give to get. He understood that he, he, he was not going to get anything back from this. He was, he was not giving it to get, he was giving it to give. Does that make sense? I think of this church, this wonderful church and the people. I think of the boys and girls scattered around. The good people of this church for years. Some of you have grown older. But you know what you've done? You've given. And you've given through this local New Testament church. And now you're at the age in your life to where you're not... You're not giving for yourself. You're giving for these children. Because you want something that when you're in heaven, you want something for these children to have. And that is exactly why David gave. 
He didn't give because he wanted to get something in return. He gave because, I, I can see King David as he, as he sees the little children running around. He wasn't giving for himself. He was giving for those coming behind him. You see, that's the right spirit in giving. He gave for others, number two. He gave from his heart. He gave from his heart. We find that in verse number three. In verse number three, he talks about his own affection. You see that in verse number three? He gave from his heart. In the text that we read earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, the Bible says, as he purposeth in his heart. You see, he didn't give from the head. He gave from the heart. And that's a, that's a big difference. In verse number 9 of 2 Chronicles chapter number 29, the Bible talks about with a perfect heart. And I'm not reading the entire verses because of time. So just look there in verse number 9. Notice the middle part of the verse. Because with perfect heart. In verse 17, we see in verse 17 an interesting phrase. He said, I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart. David was saying that understanding that with his God, his heart was right. He was, he was giving from the heart. Number three, he gave over and above what he had already given. He gave over and above what he had already given. You say, Pastor, where's that at? Well, look in verse three. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own good, I've had my own, my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared. So he gave, and then he gave again for the holy house. He gave over and above all that he had already given. Why? Well, here's why. He saw the need, didn't he? saw the need how many of you have ever had the opportunity to go to the mission field raise your hand many of you that's good wonderful wonderful i remember the first time i went to the mission field back in 1987 88 went to a place called guadalajara mexico at that time we were praying about going there being missionaries my wife we we you were pregnant with one of the, which one? With our first son, who's now 30, so that tells you how long ago it was. And um, when we went to the mission field, first time I'd been to the mission field, and I came back to America, it, 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 and if you've been to the mission field, you understand this, it does something to you. When you go to a foreign place, and you think, when you go to a foreign country and you think about all that God has blessed you with, and you come back, it is a very humbling experience. I remember one time we were in, we were in Costa Rica. We went to the little, little house with the wood floor, 
you could see the chickens underneath the floor and we ate there with the national pastor. And the chickens would run underneath the floor in Costa Rica. And the people, we were visitors and they were honoring us as visitors. And they made us sit around the table and they served us and then they sat against the wall in chairs and waited for us to eat before they would eat. Going to the mission field, it lets you see things, and it gives you a perspective. David here, he saw the need, didn't he? Let me give you the fourth one. Fourth one is, he, he gave to challenge others. We find that in verse number five. And in verse number five, the Bible says, the gold for things of gold and the silver for things of silver and all manner of work to be made by the hands of artificers. And then, and then he asks a question. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? He was giving to challenge others. He said, hey, I've given. Who else is going to consecrate themselves to the Lord? So see, you're giving could encourage someone else to give. Number five, talking about a cheerful giver. David was a cheerful giver. Number five, he gave willingly. Now, we find, the word, we find these words in verse number six, the last two words, he offered willingly. But I believe that you're going to find five other times in this passage. You can read it and find it where he uses the word willing or offer willingly five more times. I, I don't think that he was giving grudgingly because he offered willingly. Does that make sense? Number six, he rejoiced in being able to give. We find that in verse number 17. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have, offered, I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. He rejoiced to be able to give. Last thing is this, talking about being a cheerful giver here. Last thing is this, he gave realizing, and I'll say this a couple times, this is kind of long. He gave realizing that God was the source of everything he possessed. He gave realizing that God was the source of everything he possessed. Look in verse number 11. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord. Thou art exalted as head above all. Look in verse number 14. Who am I? What is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. 
Verse 13 says the same thing. He gave realizing that everything that he had anyway was God's. So there's three foundational truths that we'll take away, and I'm done. Number one, God owns everything. Number two, that giving is a privilege that God empowers us the ability to do. Number three is this, and don't ever forget this. We see this in verse 18. Giving changes people. Giving changes people. It changes the people that give, and it changes the people who are the recipients of that giving. All right, so let's review, and I'm done. You ready? I said when we started, or shortly thereafter, that God gives us, all of us, three things. What's one, church? Time what we do with our time. God gives us three things. What's the second one? Talent. He gives us these things that we do. And then number three, he gives us what? Treasure. And all those things are God. Part of being a cheerful giver has to do with taking those things that he's given to us and using those to his honor and glory. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.